Hi, I'm Regina Boyd, Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist and Licensed Mental Health Counselor, and your host of the Connecting Out Loud podcast. Here we talk about connections with our families as they relate to our mental health and Catholic faith, all while connecting you with those you love the most. Thanks for joining me for this episode. Let's dive in. Hi, friends. So today I want to talk about how you know if you should go to see a therapist. Why do people ask this question? I feel like it's asked all the time. Should I go to therapy? Is now a good time? And I think there's a few reasons for this question. There could be some type of trigger in your life that is telling you things could be better than they are right now, and maybe I should do something about it. Uh, Some people wonder if there's a spiritual cause for what's going on. Are they praying enough? Should they see a spiritual director instead? Is my mental illness caused by my sinfulness or lack of faith? And please note, I'm going to be talking about this later. Don't make me go off on a tangent here. (laughs) But, Or, you know, they have questions, am I not holy enough, not grateful enough, Um, not trusting enough in general, and maybe therapy could be a way that I could process this and figure that out, talk about it. And I think one of the other things that people are unsure about is sometimes they feel like they're not sure if they can trust a therapist. So if they might be considering it, they're wrestling with this idea, um, but there's still a big negative stigma in the minds of a lot of people about going to therapy. Um, They don't want to be labeled a certain way or viewed by others a certain way. And then I know in a lot of faith circles, sometimes people are hesitant to trust a therapist, especially if that therapist doesn't hold their same faith perspective or values. And that can be really difficult for some people to feel like they can entrust their lives or even their children's lives if they want to bring their child to therapy to someone uh, and have some concerns about can I really trust my whole heart and soul to this person who may not view the world the same way that I view it or may not view my marriage the same way that I view it? And they could be concerned about the type of advice they could get. And second of all, you know, is therapy a sign that you might be weak? I think that's one thing that people are unsure of in general too. You know, I should be able to handle this on my own. Is there really something wrong? You know, Do we need to be that dramatic about it and go to a therapist? So I think there's a lot of levels there about the trustworthiness and the quality of care that you would get potentially if you would go to someone. So I think there's a lot of questions that go through people's heads when they wonder if is now the time? Is it time for me? Is, you know, do I qualify? Um, Do I want to qualify? (laughs) There's a lot of questions that go through people's heads. So how do you know? I think there's a couple ways of taking this question on, and there's three different scenarios, if you will, or possibilities. Um, There's some people who think, in the first group of people, there's people who think you should only go to therapy if you're dealing with something that makes it impossible to deal with your everyday regular duties, your everyday life. Um, It basically is impossible for you to carry on. It's severe. So we're talking something really serious, like agoraphobia, somebody who never leaves the house or is dealing with a lot of depression, having trouble um, taking showers, or you're on the brink of hurting yourself, um, having thoughts about suicide, perhaps. So some people think, you know, that is what therapy is for, is only those times when there is a serious crisis 
and we need intervention immediately. Then the second group of people think that it's reasonable to go to therapy if you're still coping with everyday's life's responsibilities, you're able to maintain and get through the day, um, but you kind of have this nagging feeling. You feel like life could still be a little better than what it is. You have no problem. You're able to get out of bed and go to work and do all those things, but you get this nagging feeling that life could be better. And then the third group um, are sort of, um, I don't know how to describe this, maybe uh, uh overachievers or some people who are just really into learning. Um, They like the idea of psychology and getting inside their own head. So they might not really be dealing with any issues presently necessarily, but they feel like they want to perform at a higher level. They feel like they could perform at a higher level. They want to achieve more and do more um, and do better in all the things they're already doing, kind of expanding the capacity of the quality of their work and efforts or whatever it may be that they're trying to do, the goals they want to achieve, and um, it, or even improving their relationships. So it could be anything from relationships to work, but they just want to go from already good to great. They want to be masters and just sort of tap into themselves in a way and see if there's some mindset shifts that could be made to help them excel in whatever area it is that they want to take on. So what is my take? Which one of these three camps do I fall in? And I don't know if I'm going to give you that easy of an answer, but I will say first, when you are dealing Let's break down the difference between a spiritual illness and a mental illness. Um, I think that that can be a time to go to therapy when somebody has that question, Um, because a therapist very easily will be able to recognize whether or not your issue is spiritual in nature or psychological and needing more support. And, you know, I've met lots of people who've met with their own priests or spiritual directors and um, talked about the spiritual issues that are coming up for them. And they've had that priest or spiritual director suggest, you know, maybe you would benefit from some therapy in addition to our spiritual work together. So sometimes it can be a both and situation. It doesn't necessarily mean it's one or the other. Um, And again, a professional is really going to be able to help you know um, and recognize and give you those tools if it is a psychological concern of how to get through that situation. So that would be the first thing. If you're unsure about the spiritual aspect, um, definitely see a therapist because they're trained to recognize those signs. And the other thing I want to say, I'm getting back to earlier about, you know, is your faith strong enough? You know, is, you know, is my mental illness caused by my sinfulness? You know, my symptoms of depression, you know, whatever it is I'm experiencing, anxiety, Does that mean I have a lack of faith? And I just want to remind everyone, you may have heard me say this before, but absolutely not. That is not a sign of lack of faith in any way, shape, or form. So I want everyone to hear that loud and clear. This has nothing to do with your trust in God or your faith or some type of spiritual issue that you need to deal with or work out. You know, we all have our own crosses, our own struggles, all of our different things that we have to deal with in this life. And your mental illness could be one of those things. Your symptoms, whatever you're experiencing could be one of those things. 
but it certainly doesn't mean that you are deficient in your practice of the faith or your belief in the faith just because that's something you experience. You know, I kind of would liken it to um, anyone with any other type of medical condition, diabetes or eye doctor or hearing aid. Nobody calls into question somebody who wears glasses, you know, oh gosh, you don't have good faith. Like, how come you're not seeing better? Or, you know, why, why is your, why are your insulin levels low? Like if only you just believed, let's really pray and ask for the intercession of Mary and pray a rosary or something. You know, as you're hearing me talk about this, you can see how ridiculous that sounds. And I think it's the same for people experiencing symptoms, um, of different mental health issues. So I think, um, you know, to get on my little soapbox, you know, it's really important to speak to a professional so that they can help you differentiate and, um, take that burden off of the idea that there might be a lack of faith on your part if you are experiencing something and needing that additional support. And then, you know, even if those symptoms are there, you're, let's just say, for example, you're experiencing depression or something along those lines, you can still talk about that in a spiritual context. You can still speak about that with a spiritual director and in a way of mourning or, you know, just wishing life could be different. And what does that mean? And what is God's plan for you? Um, but that doesn't mean that you still wouldn't benefit from that additional mental health support. So go regardless. And usually when I recommend people to go to therapy, I say that you want to start paying attention. If you notice a difference or a change in your normal functioning, that is a sign. So maybe you, and people kind of, it's sort of like a trajectory, people sort of usually wait until it's that catastrophe crisis moment, like I mentioned before, where you just know things are really off and I got to talk to someone and I can't take it anymore. But they often don't notice that even though you're still able to more or less push through your everyday tasks and responsibilities, you might not be doing it as well as you used to. It could be taking a lot more effort to do these things. You don't have the same level of energy um, maybe you're still participating in whatever activity you participate in, like a girl's night or some cooking um, for your family or something. And before those activities were really enjoyable to you, but maybe now they're not as enjoyable. You're just sort of going through the motions. There could be a numbness there or a lack of excitement. It's not really something you look forward to as much. feels like a burden. So there's sort of a spectrum or a trajectory where things start out small and they're manageable and we push through and then they eventually snowball into a bigger situation to where we could potentially get to a more serious crisis situation where absolutely intervention is needed. And so the key is we want to try to catch ourselves earlier on in that process so that it's a lot more easy to deal with. And so I always recommend that people go to therapy when they start noticing those signs. If there's a change in your normal daily functioning or behavior, we want to pay attention to that and we want to get help. And in addition to that, my real true answer, and that's my qualifying answer, but my real answer is everyone should see a therapist. Okay. So I don't care if you're 
the healthiest, most successful person on the planet, I think everyone should go. And the reason is, is the same reason why everyone goes to the dentist. Everyone goes to their annual checkup. We take care of our physical health. We all make time for that. And why not also do the same with our mental health? And so that should be something we put on the calendar once every six months to a year also just to check in and make sure everything's going okay mentally. Um, And it can also be a great opportunity to maybe set some goals for the year. So maybe you set that once a year therapy session in either December or January and associate it with some New Year's goals and goals you can set for yourself and it can kind of be this way to check in or whatever meaningful date would be important to you to help you sort of remember and draw some meaning out of the experience. So um, truly, everyone should go and see a therapist. You don't have to be um, experiencing some severe mental illness like schizophrenia or something like that to go to therapy. It's nothing scary like people might see in the movies. Um, Everyone can go. Everyone can benefit benefit because we can all use help from a professional who is trained in the ability to give you tools and skills to help you be on your way. And it's just nice to get an outside perspective from somebody who's trained to do that as well. (laughs) Um, So should you go to therapy? The answer is yes. And for our Q&A portion of the show today, I got a question earlier about what or was there a particular issue that made you want to be a therapist, Regina? So this is sort of a tough question for me to answer. I wouldn't say there's not necessarily a particular issue Uh, that made me want to be a therapist, at least when I was younger. I was really interested in the field of psychology. I was always found it attractive and interesting. You know, why do people do what they do? And how does the brain work? And so that was, I was kind of more looking at it from a general perspective. As I got a little bit older, I knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to be in a field to help people. And I thought psychology was a great way to do that, an opportunity to journey alongside people. And it wasn't until I was actually applying to graduate school programs that I had more of a particular focus or issue. You know, just growing up, there were just so many people, so many people in my life whose families experienced divorce. And I remember seeing the heartbreak of the people around me, the friends in my life when that happened, me experiencing the heartbreak myself, you know, as, you know, if I have a friend growing up, I'm used to going to their house and then there's a divorce and now, you know, you don't no, no longer see a certain parent or when you do see that parent, it's awkward and interacting. So kind of like these parents who were second sets of mothers and fathers to myself, you know, the, the reverberating consequences of that um, in a community are really far reaching. And so that was something that was really motivating to me going into graduate school was if there's a way that I could do something to help families and help people not have to experience the heartbreak from that, you know, I definitely want to do what I can. So that was a huge motivation for me going into grad school. So I would say at first, you know, kind of a general interest and excitement, but I would say what really motivated me to make that final step was, um, helping marriages and helping relationships. And your mental wellness tip for the day, well, I kind of have a two-in-one. First, I just 
wanted to talk about chocolate because everyone, I mean, who doesn't want to talk about chocolate? And so I'm giving you permission to treat yourself to a couple of pieces of dark chocolate every now and then. It is true. There are antioxidants in there. There's flavonoids, theobromine, all kinds of stuff to help improve alertness and mental skills. So if you need that little boost throughout the day, go ahead, pop that little square of chocolate and enjoy. (laughs) But for now, the real tip, let's say that you experiencing some anxiety. Sometimes I recommend to people to check out adult coloring books. And I know that sounds weird to some people. It's like kind of a little juvenile, like, oh my gosh, awkward. Like, I don't want to be doing some adult coloring book. I'm an adult. So like, why would I do that? (laughs) But there's something they found in the research that when you're doing that back and forth hand motion, that really fine motor movement, that repetitive movement, there's a way that the brain has found a way to calm itself down. And there's an intense concentration and focus when you're doing that coloring, especially if it's an image that's fairly complex, you know, a little challenging to focus to make sure you stay in the lines and those types of things. Um, That focus concentration really helps you take a break from those anxious thoughts. So it's a nice way to just disengage from whatever might be going on in your mind, help you clear your mind and um, really just think about something else. And if you're not into that, if you're not into a coloring book or a coloring page, I think there's lots of free coloring pages and PDFs you can find online, by the way. You don't have to go out and buy an actual coloring book, um, but something you could possibly print out um, on your own if you have a printer at home. But you could also engage in some other activities, whether it's playing an instrument or some type of woodworking or drawing. So anything that really gets the hands engaged and again, in an activity where it takes some concentration, but it's also something where the monotony of it, you can disengage and not be um, caught up in that anxious thought pattern, that anxious thought cycle. So that's your mental wellness tip for today. And, um, Make sure you guys, oh, I have a really cool special announcement, actually, that I almost forgot to tell you about. (laughs) Um, So I have a challenge coming up in a few months. So there is a Facebook group that I'm going to link in the show notes for you to join. So the name of this group is called the Catholic Couples Love Adventure Challenge. So if you are up for a week-long challenge It's going to be awesome. I'm going to link the group in the show notes and please join. It's going to be this cool opportunity to meet other couples who want to just take some time to attend to their relationship and um, have a way to connect and really um, engage and do something different just for a week with your spouse. It'll be fun. And I can't wait to see you guys in there. So join now it's, we're still in the middle of building it up, but, um, get to know one another in the group in the meantime, and I can't wait to see you guys there. So thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. If you have enjoyed this episode, you can find more Connecting Out Loud content on our Facebook and Instagram pages. As always, I appreciate each and every review, so if you can take some time to rate and review this show, I read each one, and I love hearing from you. Be intentional and connect out loud.